Good evening, Graham. We are previewing Good the evening, Auburn. Josh. Good evening. We're previewing the Auburn game. Uh, it's a big road test, and um, got a lot of stuff to get to tonight. We got some picks, got some uh, and tons of stats and stuff. But but to, I guess we're going to still continue our conversation, uh, <laughs> talking about where we sort of the uh, sort of my uh, doom and gloom at uh, opinion I have on the offense. I want to be clear. I, the defense is legit, and uh, and I like I stuck this in the notes, and I don't, you know we can say it again, but I honestly think one of the best things of all the banner we went back and forth on was that you brought up some stats, and uh, truly the only elite unit right now in the entire sport is the UGA defense. Um, I agree. The, yeah, I mean, and that's and that can carry us through the the bulk of the schedule. So with that, uh, Graham. What do you got to say about the Auburn game and, and we can continue sort of talking about uh, sort of stats versus eye test and all that uh, here in a well, second? I mean, I, I think, you know, it's an interesting game for Georgia going on the road. I think, you know, this will be the first true road environment that they've played in in almost two years, right? So I think there's – certain variables there. I mean, we saw Florida, you know, they went up to Kentucky in front of 60, 65,000 people. I mean, that's a, that stadium can get loud, but it's not going to be as loud as Jordan Hare will be on Saturday. And they had what, eight false start penalties. So I think there's some added layers to the preparation. If you're Georgia and you're Todd Monken and Kirby smart. Um, And I mean, and to your point to that point, I think if the, the, the crowd at Ben Hill affected Alabama. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that for sure. And I mean, I think we've seen that a lot. So, you know, I think Georgia did play the the UGA Clemson game. I was in that stadium. That stadium got really loud at certain times. Uh, it wasn't a true home or away environment for either team, but you know, they have been in that kind of big game atmosphere environment. Um, but yeah, it's Auburn. Like it's always a sneaky game. There's always kind of some stuff that happens that, you know, especially whenever Georgia goes over there, always feels like there's some adversity or just you're never really comfortable maybe as a Georgia fan when Georgia has to go on the road over there. If you look at the series history before kind of this past decade of UGA dominance, it felt like you know, throughout the 90s and 2000s, whoever the worst team was won this game year after year after year, you know? So I think I think, I think one, of the, one of the things about being, like, into stats is, like, you fight the narrative. You, I mean, there's obviously – you want to use some subjective things when you're looking at, a, like, a game, especially from a predictive standpoint, but you fight the narrative. So I can sit there and tell you, yeah, we came in in 2017 having beaten Florida 42-7 to and tendency 41 nothing, and scored mm. 53 points. We took the foot off the gas against Muschamp in South Carolina the week before, and, and we got blown out. But that really doesn't – that's not this team, you know. And, right. and that's not this team, and I can I – can, I can, I'm, I'm guilty. I mean, I'm absolutely guilty of being scared of all of that built into – because my numbers say, yeah, Georgia's going to cover, and that's – Actually, the pick I made, Georgia covers, but my my brain and heart and my UGA nihilist says, oh, fuck. (laughs) Well, so let's talk about those numbers a little bit because, I mean, you've got some more stuff in here that kind of piggybacks off the conversation we had on uh, Tuesday night. But, yeah, I mean, give me an idea kind of what you're seeing from an advanced stats standpoint. Um, Hang on a second. I screwed something up here. Um, 
come on. Off, there we go. Okay, um, I, I got some technical stuff here. Yeah, okay, so, you know, you, you, you've talked about the, um, the, uh, the, uh, you know, Jesus, I'm out, out of it. The opponents that Auburn's faced, but I can tell you that, look, the, the stats that we're putting up on offense, 77% of those, those yards and those points and all of that have come against our lesser opponents. Clemson and Arkansas are the two best teams we faced, and we had 250 yards against, you know, against Clemson and 300 against, 350 against Arkansas with only 11 passes. And we've talked about it, 4.9 yards. I mean, it, it, we won the game. It was dominant. There's no question that Georgia was the best team. Win probability on the stats was 100% for Georgia in that game. So uh, I just say um, – and I just want to say the success rate – let me – got to figure this out here real fast. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, here we go. There we go. 77% of uh, the yardage was against those three teams. Um, the success rate for the season, Georgia's 49%. Clinton, we were, for the game, we were 34%. Al, uh, UAB, 45%. USC, 49%. 61 against Vanderbilt and 40, 52 against Arkansas. You can see that we're actually getting better on that success rate. Yeah. I mean, and we yeah. saw that We saw that on the tape. We saw it on the play. So I'm not going to say it's all gloom and doom, but we're still – and again, I mean, to, to everyone on the internet, so we got to get healthy. And that's kind of been my whole point. The next graph here is, I, um, I don't want to do that. Uh, first half success rates. Yes. Second, first half success rates. Uh, I mean, again, so I don't have this stuff parsed out by garbage time, which has been the one of the words of the week. But 34% in the first half against Clemson, 36% against Alabama, Birmingham, 46, Carolina, 67, 54. Again, we're seeing an increase there, but it wasn't like we were just clipping on all on all cylinders in the first half and completely shut it down. There are still issues with the offense, and I think I think you and I are in agreement there. And then the last one I got before I'll defer to you is uh, the rush. The rushing is my biggest concern, and I, and I know that you talked about the sort of the, the guard play being the biggest question mark we've got on offense. But here are the, the success rates against. Uh, for in the ru- in the rushes in the first half again, thirty nine twenty one. See that Alabama Birmingham one's wild, man. It, we didn't we put up a lot of points, but they were big plays, and then not a lot of sustained efficiency well, there. And I think that would be kind of my counter argument to a lot of the the worry that you've sort of put out there this week. Like against UAB, they loaded up the box with seven and eight guys and played man on the outside and setting their kind of pace defense and so Georgia took advantage of that and threw the ball over the top uh you know I think Georgia Kirby Smart's not the type that's going to run the score up on anybody so he didn't and you know that O-line needed work so they continued to work it um against Arkansas it was kind of the exact opposite of that right like they set in seven and eight man secondaries and three man fronts and they dared Georgia to run the ball so they ran the ball I mean Georgia really you know, I think I think part of this, too, with like because I, I see people talking about this on Twitter a lot. I know this is a, a gripe maybe that you have not to put words in your mouth. So tell me if I'm wrong here. But like I see you get upset a lot when Georgia goes up by two or three scores and the passing offense kind of shuts down. And I think part of that may just be the fact that Georgia's got the most banged up wide receiver room in the country. So, you know, we're not going to put these guys out there and, you know, have somebody strain in to catch a ball that maybe just a couple steps too far and pull a hamstring or whatever. I mean, I think all of this, I think there's a lot of things that go into this, 
But, you know, I would say last week, like, you've got Stetson Bennett under center. I think he played a good game. I think he's played really well this year so far, save for a couple throws. But if you're, you know, able – if you're controlling the game with your defense and you're controlling the game with your run game, you, there's no reason to pass for passing sake, I guess, is, is where I'm at with it. But I don't want to – no, I mean, you're, you're dead. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I want to move on too. But yeah, the only thing I would say is if, if Stetson Bennett's your starter, then you you feel somewhat sure that he's going to play at Auburn. I felt like he could have used some more work. I don't think we needed to throw the ball in uh, versus UAB, Vanderbilt, or South Carolina again. But in this particular case, uh, I, I do think, you know, with the, ne- the next game on the road, I, I, I thought we should have, um, you know, not shown any trick plays or, you know, like any zone beaters, as you say. But I just do feel like some more reps. But, but you know he's getting reps in practice against the best team, best defense in the country. So yeah, I mean um, my counter argument there would just be like he got you know six games worth of reps last year. He's he started what two games now for Georgia this year. Um, so you know I think the flip side is like you've got probably the most experienced backup quarterback of anybody in the country, really, save for some grad transfers. So yeah, you're you know, I, that's I that's think you gotta trust him. And he played a year at JUCO as well. I mean, it's like he's played a lot of football. Yeah, that that's true. Okay, one last point before we get into the plays is I put this in here. Uh, under Monken, we've had four guys go for 100 yards under Monken and Luke, um, one of which was Zamir White in the Florida game last year where he went for 75 yards on the first play. Are you concerned at all at sort of – and I know we've got a lot it's – a, it's a running back by comedians by some way. That's, are you, are you, are you that, concerned at all a little bit that we're, we're not getting – you know, sort of, you know, this is also, before you say it's by committee, overall, this is the lowest in three years rush EPA and, and success rate in yards per carry. Well, I mean, I, I w- I've been very vocal about my concerns about the middle of the offensive line and the guards in particular. I thought what they did last week was way better. So that took away a lot of my concerns. Um, I still think that Georgia's running game could get more explosive, but like, man, you know, it's tough to generally when you see guys bust big runs, it's against heavy boxes and somebody misses a gap or, you know, has the wrong run fit for the defense. And, you know, there's, there's everybody, you've got man coverage out wide and you've got linebackers up close and a guy busts through a hole and he goes all the way. So it's like, I'm not super worried about the lack of like long runs. Arkansas is a defense that, you know, they basically dared Georgia to try and get impatient and create big plays when they weren't there. And that's what they, you know, Texas A&M fell right into that. Right. Um, and that's kind of how they lost that game. So no, I'm not super concerned about it. Um, you know, I mean, I thought last week was the first time in two or three years where we've seen Georgia be really good in the run game in short yardage, um, and, you know, get a yard or two on third and one or fourth and one. So I think if they continue that, that I feel really good about it. And the hundred yard rusher thing is, you know, I, I mean, we've had two running backs kind of throughout the Kirby smart era. Now we have four that are splitting carries. So I'm not super worried about that. Yeah. I mean, again, it is, it's not a, a steep cliff that we've fallen off, but there has been a, a steady decline. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I, our best offense is ahead of us. I'm, I'm not panicking. I am pointing out things that concern me that I'd like to see improve to, to make this run that we all want to see this year. Um, and about to get into some plays. So uh, real quick um, here's, you know, I know you wanted to point out that 
that Auburn's strength of schedule is pretty low. Um, Auburn is averaging 6.8 yards per play on offense to Georgia's 3.4. And the the 3.4 allowed on defense. Yeah, versus 3.4. And then on the flip side, Georgia's 6.6, and Auburn's allowing 4.5. The success rate is actually pretty good on Auburn at 38.6. And Georgia's is off the charts. Um, uh, close to, you know, neutral EPA allowed by Auburn's defense. And uh, so, I mean, it's on paper, it's a good team, uh, you know, and it's well balanced, but we're going to show some things that, that you can, you can see that's going to line up well for Georgia. But uh, before you got anything to add to this before we get into your place? No. Yeah. I'll start talking about the Auburn offense. So um, yeah, let's, let's, so, I mean, the Auburn pass game, right, it's, it's Bo Nix at quarterback. We all know him by this point. The the headlines, I don't think that was the – oh, yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, like, he does stuff like this, right? And the headlines following this this win over LSU that they had last week were all about kind of the Bo Nix, Houdini act, Johnny Manziel moments that he had in the game. And he should be commended for doing what he needed to do to get them a road win in the SEC. Those are always hard to come by. But – I think this win has kind of kept people from talking about the fact that Nick's completed just 52% of 44 passes on Saturday night. Um, you know, this was the play that you're going to see for years when anyone talks about Bo Nix, right? Um, and it was awesome. And I was watching it and I, you know, was like, holy, holy cow. I didn't say cow though. Um, but yeah, I mean, for all his scrambling and running around, Nick's put up 5.8 yards per an attempt on Saturday night at LSU, which is, not great, right? Um, he'll do things like this, and sometimes it works out for him. It can also result in crippling turnovers. So far this year, he hasn't thrown an interception, which feels kind of doomed to change. But, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I see watching this team uh, is that Nix was pressured on 21 of his 49 dropbacks against LSU. That's 43.2%. On those 21 21- dropbacks where he was pressured he was eight for 18 for 115 yards which really isn't that bad but one of those of course was that touchdown to Tyler Fromm you just saw so I think the like how to give you an idea how bad this Auburn offensive line is Bo Nix was pressured on 11 of 29 dropbacks against Georgia State and in that game he was two for nine passing on those 11 dropbacks and he got benched for um, Finley so I think you know, looking at this offense, like that O line is bad. It's really bad, um, and it's a big mismatch for Georgia there. But among the Auburn pass catchers, there's a lot of decent guys, but there's no stars. Um, they do a lot with the tight ends, and you can start kind of running some of these plays. But looking at you know the Bo Nix kind of passing chart, it's just a model of inconsistency. He's he's most accurate outside the left hash, but Quick and intermediate pass game isn't his thing. He's kind of a, you know, a big player bust kind of guy. Um, he's completed just eight of 30 passes behind 20 yards, uh, past 20 yards this year. When he gets in rhythm, like like you saw there, and like kind of throws the route, he can do some nice things. He also will just throw those routes no matter whether or not the linebacker's there or not. So it's astonishing he hasn't turned the ball over this year because there's been a lot of kind of turnover worthy plays um yeah i mean his completion percentage in the last three games 53.8 percent versus penn state 48 percent versus georgia state 52 percent versus lsu so he does not fit the model of the quarterback that you see 
like other than the 2019 South Carolina game, you haven't seen a quarterback like this beat Georgia since Kirby Smart's first year. Like it's generally a guy like a Kyle Trask who can be accurate downfield or a Mac Jones who can be accurate downfield or a, a Tua or somebody like that. Um, he'll put balls into windows. He shouldn't. Uh, there's a lot of plays where I'm like, man, you know, Christopher Smith or Darion Kendrick or Lewisine picks that off. If, if it's the same play and they're back there, um, there's a lot of design rollouts as well. You saw that on some of those plays. Uh, they like to cut the field in half. And I mean, remember this is Mike Bobo, right guys. So it's like you, there's a lot of elements that you'll recognize from like 2010s era Georgia of play action rollouts to a tight end in the flat and some of that type of stuff to try and pull guys out of the box. Um, the left tackle, Austin Troxel, he played better against LSU, but he got like abused by Georgia State. Um, their center, Nick Brahms, is inconsistent as well. So I think their whole line is really unpredictable, which could be said about almost any unit on any Auburn team pretty much any year. Um, but if they couldn't hold down LSU's pass rush, it's really hard to imagine them stymieing Georgia's front seven very often on Saturday afternoon. So I think that from an offensive standpoint, like it feels like one of those things where, you know, we're going to talk about the run game in a second here, but at least in the pass game, they're going to have to do quick routes and they're going to have to, you know, do these kind of things where it's a three or five step drop for Bo Nix and he throws the ball as soon as he hits the end of that drop. And that's not really his game, right? Um, it's starting – like, he's starting to get better with some of those things, but it's just – I think that he's going to start possibly seeing ghosts real early and kind of feeling pressure even when it's not there, especially with Davis and Wyatt in the middle of that line. And so I think it's very – you know, last year against Georgia, like, Knicks took the snap and immediately started running backwards eight yards. And I think you could see that kind of – pretty early on in this game as well, just because that pressure is real and it's going to come. And I don't think there's really anything Auburn can do to stop it. I know they'll bring some tight ends and they'll do some stuff. They'll load some guys up, but it's just not, it doesn't seem to be in the cards. If you know, I like it, it you know, the Arkansas O-line um, was a much better O-line than this one. Yeah, and we, you know, in the preseason, I think everyone was talking about Kevin Harris at South Carolina and Tank Bigsby as two of the, if not the best running backs in the SEC, possibly, arguably, and some of the better ones in the in the country. And we really haven't seen that that rushing yeah. attack really take off. Um, it's it's a little more productive than Georgia's, but not much. Yeah. So getting into the run game, I mean, they struggled on the ground against a really bad LSU defense. They gave up thirty eight to UCLA and got run all over by UCLA. Uh, UCLA ran for 210 yards on that LSU defense. Um, they the, – the Auburn O-line struggled, again, like, in the run game as well, and they kind of all but abandoned the run, right? Tank's big, Tank Bigsby, who you just mentioned, three yards per carry on the ground. Chakwes Hunter had that rush right there on Auburn's last drive of the game. That was a 44-yard run, but other than that, he was held to four yards per carry – uh, LSU's D-line just kind of wore down late in the game and they were finally able to do some stuff. But I think, you know, a big part of this rushing attack for Auburn is Nix's scrambles off of broken plays like you're seeing right here. Um, you cannot let him beat you with his feet. 
in that in that way against Penn State, a game Auburn lost. He only ran for 28 yards on seven carries against LSU. The Tigers let him get loose 12 times for 74 yards, and he was the leading rusher for Auburn. So they weren't good at all on design runs, but they killed LSU on broken plays. They had 16 broken plays in the game. Um, again, the Auburn O-line will give up major assignment bus. I think Georgia's kind of at an advantage that they face some dual threat quarterbacks the last two weeks, and that should help quite a bit in preparation for this game. But I think it's, you know, Nick's is a great athlete. There's no denying that. Um, it is important to remember that Georgia's base defense and all of the, the packages that go off of it, they have a spy on every play, even against, you know, teams without a Bo Nix under center. So that duty switches around from down to down. So on one play, it may be Nakobe. On one play, it might be Quay Walker. On another play, it could be Adam Anderson or Nolan Smith or a safety or a defensive back. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they'll do, Trevon Walker possibly. Um, so I think he will be guessing a little bit uh, in terms of, you know, who – who's his, his man from the defensive side of things. But, yeah, I mean, this run game has been boon or bust, right? Um, they they did their best work off the left edge against LSU, but most of that was because of the 44 yards that Hunter had. Um, and I think the other thing that's interesting is, like, that LSU game, 136 of their 163 rushing yards came after contact. So – that's generally a sign of a not so great offensive line. Um, you want that number to be kind of closer to 50% generally. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's worth stressing you've got to tackle against Auburn, like against anybody. We talked about that before the Arkansas game last week. You know, Georgia's a good tackling defense. Um, so, yeah, and then I guess in terms of names to watch, uh, I think Georgia can take care of – take advantage of left guard – Brandon Council and their right tackle for Darius Ham in the run game. Just watching watching back the LSU and Penn State games, those were two guys that kind of struggled pretty consistent, consistently. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Georgia's the last team you want to have issues at guard or center against because of Jordan Davis and Wyatt and those guys in the middle. All right. I mean – I, you know, when I go back and look at these plays, especially that LSU and all the, you know, Bo Nix doing Bo Nix things, and yeah, they're printing T-shirts and selling them. But I mean, and everyone on Twitter and Georgia Twitter was just drooling over <laughs> Bo trying to get those off on, against that Georgia defense. It's so disciplined, and you know, we talked about it uh, on Tuesday. You know, like you know, Georgia's get good coverage downfield. He doesn't throw a lot of balls deep. He's inaccurate when he does. So. Um, I think the secondaries can lead and, and yeah, they're going to spy him and they're going to keep him contained. And I just, I do not think that Bo Nix is going to be the reason that we lose this game. There's if, and, uh, and if, 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 if Bo Nix is their game plan, dogs are going to roll. Yeah. Hey, so going into the past game, um, it looks like the, when you switched over these, the, uh, all the notes from the Auburn, run game got transferred to Georgia pass game. So I do not have any notes there anymore. All right. In the duck. Uh, but we can go ahead and play those plays. Um, All right. So, yeah, going into kind of what we expect from Georgia on offense. 
Uh, one thing I noticed, you know, against LSU, Auburn came out in some sets very similar to what South Carolina played against Georgia. Um, and to a lesser extent, Arkansas, they did a lot of three man rushes, a lot of drop eight, uh, then some four man rushes dropping seven. So zone heavy kind of either way is what we've seen. Uh, that's, that shouldn't be where we're at. Okay. Yeah. Every LSU Auburn clip 56. LSU Auburn. Okay. Oh, uh, those are actually the same clips as the last that we just played. Just a second. Okay. Um, anyways. Yeah. I mean, I think looking at this Auburn defense, uh, you can't really argue with their tactics, right? Like it, it worked for LSU. I'm sorry. You can't really argue with what LSU did against Auburn last week. Like those tactics worked until they got into the red zone, but when the field got smaller, so did the zones. And so Auburn set in a lot of these three man fronts, a lot like what Georgia faced versus Arkansas, except for Georgia just took advantage of those three man fronts and ran over and over and over LSU passed the ball a ton over and over and over. Uh, and it basically, you know, worked until that field shrank down the red zone. But, you know, I think they ended up kicking four field goals to end drives inside the 25. And truthfully, like LSU should have blown Auburn out in the first half, if we're being honest. Um, against Penn State, Auburn respected the Nitty Lions O-line a lot more, and they brought at least four on almost every down. But they didn't seem to trust their back end very much because they wanted to get the ball out quick. So I think, you know, just – what I saw on the, on tape is you've got an Auburn secondary that doesn't play super great in man. I got, you know, some Auburn fan told me I was lying about this on Twitter earlier today. My response to him was like, well, if, if Auburn's so much better in man than they are in zone, then why does their defensive coordinator have them playing zone all the time? Um, there was some third and long situations against LSU where Auburn, you know, brought – extra guys um yeah like this here yeah perfect um so there were, were some some plays where they brought extra blitzers and left their back end in man coverage and lsu was able to take advantage of it you know there was a third and 15 play where they brought guys and didn't get home quick enough and it was an easy easy conversion for lsu but a lot of it is you see here lsu doing uh, what, you know, I think Georgia will probably need to do it, assuming that Auburn comes out in these kind of soft zones. And it's just taking what the defense gives you. It's a lot of what we saw Georgia do against Arkansas early last week, right? So I think doing the, you know, being patient is going to be big for Georgia in this game. It's going to be big for Stetson Bennett in this game. Um, they will let guys get behind them but I mean that you know that was an incredible play by Butte and Johnson more than like a coverage bus type of deal um and then yeah like a lot of RPO action um I think that's one thing that Bennett's been pretty good at this year when George has called RPOs he's ran them well um and then a lot of these kind of zone beater stuff so similar to what we talked about um last week going into the Arkansas game and then yeah they will kind of give up some of those second level throws. Um, but they are, they're very zone heavy. Uh, if they 
just to be frank, if they didn't feel comfortable playing man coverage against Penn State's wide receivers, they're not going to feel comfortable playing man coverage against Georgia's. So the predicament for Auburn and a little bit the predicament for Todd Monken is like, are they going to sit back in these zones and just make you take four or five, six yards on the ground over and over? Or are they going to try and do something different and kind of speed up Stetson Bennett's clock and take risks on the back end because they don't trust him. Um, I think that Stetson Bennett has put enough good work on tape against man coverage to where you probably feel pretty good about him uh, if you're Georgia and Auburn wants to, to come and bring six or seven guys into the box. But I think you're going to see a lot of these kind of curl routes and levels type stuff. Um, and again, I think, you know, screens on the outside, we've got some of that coming up in the run game. Cause I kind of consider that an extension of the run game, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I think that it's going to be one of those Todd Monken things. Like we talk about a lot where he kind of lets, lets whatever the defense is doing dictate what he's going to run down on a down by down basis. He'll have a script based on what he thinks they're going to come out in. But knowing him, if he thinks that script was prepared for a defense that he's not seeing, you know, he'll scrap it. Um, yeah. So do you want to get into the yep Georgia run game? So, yeah, against LSU, uh, Auburn setting these loose fronts. They did a lot of the same pre-snap alignments that Georgia saw from Arkansas, except LSU never really tried to run it. Um and when they did, they struggled. LSU center got whipped around a good bit. Um, that shouldn't surprise you because LSU's offensive line is bad. When they did, uh, you know, kind of have success on the run, it was not behind the center. Um, they they never did it really consistently, though. And uh, Auburn gives up stuff on the perimeter on these kind of screen plays. Uh, they did it against Penn State and LSU both. So I think you can run on them pretty regularly if you get guys to the second level. There you see Penn State kind of hit them with a good inside power play that almost busts open. But in terms of short yardage, you see Auburn here with seven guys. Penn State is able to get a good seal block on the left and nice yardage there on third and five. So I'm sorry, five yards there on third and short. But I just – I know that you're – Advanced metrics say that Auburn's run defense is, you know, a world beater and all that, but just like yeah, in terms yeah, of yeah, watching. world beater, but okay, yeah. Well, I mean, you said you said Georgia was going to struggle to run the ball. I do this. think I do think Georgia's going to struggle to run the ball uh, against that Penn State game. They they did have like a thirty five percent stuff rate, you know, which is you know negative or zero yards gained um, on off on rush plays, and you know they you know had a bunch of. Third, you know, they, they they stopped them a bunch. They had a fourth down play uh, that, you know, fourth and inches that, that uh, Penn State was able, did not convert. So, I mean, there, there's good and bad in there. Um, and, I, you know, I to, I like how you brought in some of the screenplays and attacking the perimeter because one thing we do know about Monken is that he's got a counterpunch if, if his plan A is not working. And getting, right. uh, getting whether it's Cook or what a wide receiver or – whether it's a jet sweep or a, you know, a screen or a wheel route, whatever it is, I do feel confident that if they're not running the ball, there will be a plan B. Um, so I, I'm, st- I don't think we're going to have a great day rushing the ball. Um, I, I think Auburn will contain it. 
I don't think we'll get completely shut down, but just just going on the last few games, Georgia has not run the ball particularly well. But um, you, you didn't know, think they ran the ball well last week? I, that was their best game of the year and best game in a while. Yeah, but for, I'm sorry, like if, if you if you had taken a 2017 Georgia uh, where we were running the ball at six six and a half yards a carry, and you you watch that game and you watch the Arkansas game, you wouldn't say oh. it, it's like you wouldn't compare a t- typical. I would. Georgia. All right, I, you know I. I I disagree. I mean, there were 17. It was a physical dominant nation. And I think that's, that's what maybe doesn't come through in, you know, five yards per carry versus six and a half yards per carry, but Georgia got what they needed to and what they wanted to on the ground whenever they decided to. Um, They had 14 plays that were three yards or less. You know, they had four big rushing plays. The rest were, you know, you know, five, four and three. There were a lot of five, four and three rush plays. I just don't think, it's fine. Three of those is a first down. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I'm just saying, man, like that was a, a, you know, that was just a physically dominating performance and they got pushed, you know, and I also think Auburn, you know, Arkansas's rush defense was rated best in the country aside from Georgia going into that game. So it's just like, I, I'm the one that sat here last week in the Georgia Arkansas preview show and said, I don't think Georgia's going to be able to run up the middle on Arkansas. And then they ran up the middle on Arkansas. Um, so I think that's kind of where I'm, you know, I, I don't think that uh, Penn State is a, a very good rushing team, you know. Um, but aside from Penn State and comparativeness and all that, I, I just like, I think that if Auburn's going to line up in three and four man fronts and sit in soft zones that, Georgia will do what they did last week to Arkansas. Um, And I mean, it it may not be dominant in your mind statistically to have five yards per carry, but I can promise you with this defense, if you have five yards per carry, you're beating everybody on your schedule. And that includes Alabama. Okay. Um, I would like to see uh, a more efficient rushing game, but, um, and I think it's there. I just, I mean, what I did see is an improvement and definitely saw that Arkansas and that's coming with, uh, finally sort of, you know, getting players comfortable at the position they are, getting them uh, and finding that offensive line after the injury to Tate Ratledge and Cedric Van Prong taking over at center. So I think I think there's, like, you know, I do think our best offense is ahead of us. Uh, I don't think we're going to run the ball particularly well on uh What on do you say, like, I mean, what's, what's not particularly well? 150, like, you know, what do you think it's going to, like, give me an idea, kind of what's the clip of, of well versus not well? Uh, I, I think we're going to be between, you know, four, four and a half yards per play rushing. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, not great, not phenomenal, but I think that's plenty, plenty, plenty to win this game handily. Okay. I mean, yeah. like, I, you know, my idea of a bad rushing day is like what Georgia did against like Cincinnati or Mississippi State last year. Um, well, and, and that also – comes against it you know, like we were behind in those games and you know we, and we had to throw the ball in those games so yeah it is you know it's all it's all about game flow and stuff and i think it's going to be they're going to rush the ball a lot i think both teams are going to it's going to be a slow i'm i'm telling you i feel very strongly about the under in this game i picked the under too but i mean yeah i think like dude if georgia well kind of getting into the prediction side of things here i mean Georgia's outscored opponents in the first quarter 91 to zero uh, over, you know, the last 
four games, right, since the Clemson game. So uh, the flip side of that is that Auburn has struggled in early in games, right? I mean, they got down to to LSU 13 nothing. Probably should have been at least 17 to nothing. Um, they got down to Georgia State. What was it? Uh 24 to 12. Uh, they got down to Penn State 14 to 10, maybe. Yeah, 14 to 3. I don't know. They've been outscored in every first quarter this year against an FBS opponent. Um, so I think, you know, that's something to keep an eye on because if Georgia gets up two scores like they did last week against Arkansas, they're just going to sit on Auburn all day and they'll happily take three and a half yards per carry if it keeps the clock running. But I think what you're going to see on Saturday is Georgia will do what they have all year so far, which is take whatever the defense wants to give them. Um, if Auburn sits back in zone, you're going to see this type of stuff that we saw last week. Um, uh, you know, some plays trying to get to the second level behind the linebackers, but a lot of stuff on the perimeters, lots of comeback routes, lots of levels, concepts, um, kind of midfield crossing out routes that's Stetson Bennett right there just want to remind everyone that he is capable of making that throw that's a good sign for Georgia on Saturday I think um so that part you know I I think that Stetson Bennett is you know more than well equipped enough to, to kind of handle whatever Auburn's going to show him in the secondary um and then yeah if they sit in those soft zones you're going to see this right uh, you know, eight, nine, ten yard carries mixed in with some some three, four, and five yard carries. Uh, not not acceptable from a dog stat standpoint, but uh, definitely productive enough offense to win this game. And then if they play man and decide to load up on the run, I think I actually think that that's that's a good thing for Georgia in this game because Stetson Bennett, historically speaking is much more comfortable playing against man-to-man coverage than he is zone. Um, so I think that you'll see a lot of Burton, Jackson, Bowers, McConkie, and Mitchell creating big plays in one-on-one matchups if Auburn decides to go that route and kind of load into the box. Um, I don't think Georgia's going to have a crazy day on offense by any means, but I think they're going to see good field position a lot, and I think they'll take advantage of it. Uh, more than anything – both the offense and the defense for Georgia this year has just been timely. Um, Georgia can pick on Nehemiah Pritchett in the secondary and ditto for number nine, Zacoby McLean, the linebacker uh, struggles in coverage for Auburn. I think Cook and McIntosh will get involved a good bit, maybe on Saturday, especially with kind of some of the depth issues in that wide receiver room right now. And that kind of feels like where this thing adds up for Georgia. Um, Even if Auburn sort of plays that, perfect thing like perfect game and things go as well as they could go on defense I don't see anyone that you know I I don't see how McIntosh and Cook really get accounted for catching balls out of the backfield or or splitting out wide even um if they drop into those deep zones like we're talking about then those will be small six seven yard chunks but if they play man I think those guys have the advantage over any Auburn linebacker um so Auburn's rush defense is stout statistically, as you've mentioned, but Derek Hall is their uh, their edge player that has had the most snaps. He gets pushed around a good bit on tape. Uh, I think Georgia can run on him. He's got a 51.8 rush defense grade on PFF, which is 
not good. Um, so I am going to go uh, Georgia. I, I you know, kind of predicting this game. I don't. I just don't see where Auburn can score. Um, I think they're going to have a really hard time on offense. This team hasn't put up. You know, they haven't gotten out of the twenties since they were playing the Akron's and Alabama States of the world. Um, I think Penn State's a pretty good defense. They're nowhere near Georgia level. You know, I mean, this team put up 34 against Georgia State, right? So uh, this isn't Akron or Alabama State, unfortunately, for Auburn. Um, so I am going to go – I think this game's going to feel a lot like the Georgia-Auburn game last year in Sanford Stadium where it's – over and you know it's over in the first quarter even if the score is within 10 or 13 points but i think georgia stretches it out i'm going 31 to 6. you um i don't think that georgia is going to score over 24 points we haven't scored we haven't scored more than 20 something points in five trips over there um, I it, and Georgia was the last year we outgained them on the ground is 2012 in the back to back years and I only point that out as it, I'm not saying that's going to happen this is a different team but it's like it's it's hard it's a hard place to play um, this is a lot of these offensive linemen's first trip to a full SEC stadium um, and I, I, I no just, all these guys all these guys have played other than. All those guys have gone, gone. Well, I guess Van Pran, he would be the but, one. Um, I, I just think there's going to be issues with the crowd, and the and uh, I hope that Georgia's defense can let the offense settle in. And you know, certainly, a, you know, I, I just think it's going to be a low scoring game. I mean, I, I would love to see a 24-10 game or uh, 17-6 or something. I'll take it. Uh, I just think their offense is going to struggle. I hope. I mean, like, I'm going to be wrong, God, if I'm fucking wrong, Jesus. I'm going to go get just annihilated on Twitter, but whatever. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> well, mostly, oh. mostly by you and your acolytes, but that I'll hey, take Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I said no, what I said. I, 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 said. I mean, hey, man, I think you've, you've <laughs> I been really, I I think you've been really vocal this week. Um, and, you know, I think truthfully what I would say kind of about those concerns, and you, you said it earlier, right? Like this is your UGA nihilist and all that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that's not your analysis because I know this is your analysis, but um, I just think that like modern, this version of Georgia, this 2021 Georgia that's been recruiting at the level that it's been recruiting at for the last four or five years versus Auburn, who is a, you know, kind of a sixth to eighth team in the SEC in recruiting and has been for the last four or five years, that stuff adds up over time. It does. And I just think, you know, uh, 10 points would be a lot for, for Auburn to score in this game. I, I mean, like, I think the only way that Auburn has a chance of winning this game or it feels close is if you see like three Georgia turnovers in their own end and, like just it's an abject disaster. I think that's the only way that would happen. But I just think that this kind of modern version of Georgia is a player led program. And when that motivation is sort of coming internally instead of externally from the coaching staff, gen generally speaking, they come out to play. So we'll see, man. I don't know. Uh, the review show will be interesting for sure either way. Uh, but I mean, I hope you're wrong because I want Georgia to win big. But if you're right, I'll definitely come back here and be like, 
You were right. I mean, I, w- I thought – I didn't think Georgia could run on Arkansas last week. Uh, I just was, like, not nearly as vocal about it as you have been. <laughs> Um, all right, so we've been scrolling, our, and we've had our Odds Jam logo up there. Follow Odds Jam on Twitter, at Odds Jam. Go to the website for betting tools and learn and, and find positive EV bets at oddsjam.com. We have a Dog Sports Live offer code. Gets you 30% off a couple months subscription. If you like making money and you like betting, uh, I listened to a podcast this week that was uh, Ed Fang, our friend Ed, Ed Fang at the Power Rank, and he had Rob Pizzola on there, who's a professional gambler. He's got a similar app as well. And he just talked about the difference between getting a one minus 110 bet down and a minus 102 bet is your break-even point goes down you know, 1.5%. And, you know, you financial people know that's value right there. Same line, same spread, whatever, but you can find – and, and Odds Jam will tell you where you can get – minus 102s instead of minus 110 so check it out oddsjam.com uh graham uh what let's start with my picks because um my not these aren't my picks as much as they are uh i've done pretty well with this yards per play now it's not a model i I will not call it a model it is a is a bet it's a tool to uh, to tell which team is the better team and the better team by yards per play has a pretty good run of covering the spread so uh, I went 11 and two last week and had Alabama over Ole Miss and um, I missed on Florida, but it's done pretty well since I've been doing this. So this week is um, uh, I just, I'm just putting the numbers out there. It's got Georgia covering. <laughs> so Georgia is a, is actually a, my, you know, sort of analysis has it or my model or whatever. And it's not a model. It has 1.3 yards per play better than Auburn on Saturday. Uh, and it's got Ohio state covering 21 at, um, at Maryland, uh, and it's got Arkansas plus six versus Ole Miss. It's, um, the Florida thing's crazy, but I'm going to go with Florida minus 38. Um, and then uh, Michigan minus three and a half at Nebraska, Arizona State covering minus 12 at Stanford. I'll put these in, tweet these out later too. Um, Baylor minus three, Alabama minus 18, Rutgers, uh, M- Michigan State minus five. And uh, I've got Kentucky minus three uh, versus LSU. So, um, and also I, I put all, I put my entire run of, of these picks and these analysis on uh, what's that thing called tally site. So um, it's pretty, uh, it's, you can see those. If you go to tallysite.com and look up dog stats, you'll find my whole picks, but these are the ones I'm going with this week. Anything in there you got issues with or anything you like, or you don't like? Uh, I don't like Arizona state. And um. Yeah, I think I agree with you in quite a few places. Actually, I agree. Yeah, I've got Michigan State. I have uh, Georgia. I have Ohio State. Ohio State's probably my favorite pick of the week. Actually, um, okay. yeah. So right now, last week, uh, ten and three for your boy. 38, 28, and one. I'm sorry, that's wrong. 38, 21, and one on the season. I, I messed up my own graphic. So, uh, yeah, we're over 60% winners. We're making money. A lot of that's also helped by Odds Jam. ERA, 1 and 0. Coastal uh, covered. Yeah, I just looked that up too. Yeah, they covered by 12. Uh, God bless Butch Jones. Whenever you get a chance to bet against him, I advise you to do so. 
Uh, Michigan State minus five and a half at Rutgers. That's that's one that I think your model likes a lot or your stat- statistic likes a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, Georgia minus 15 and a half at Auburn. Um, question here is like, what's the best case scenario for Auburn? I think the very best case scenario for Auburn, uh, unless they score a defensive touchdown, is probably about 10 points. I trust Georgia to score enough to cover that and get into the high 20s or low 30s. Um, I love the under of 46 and a half in this game. Uh, I'm surprised it's not like closer to like 41 or 42. It it actually went up. I think it opened at 44. That's interesting. Somebody knows something I don't know then. Um, Wisconsin, Illinois under 42. These are two horrible, horrible offenses. Uh, You know, like this is just classic shitty big 10 football like three to six kind of halftime score type of situation <laughs> coming. So jumped on that. Um, I like Penn state at Iowa, or at least I did earlier in the week. Now I'm kind of starting to think I may have gone the wrong way with that. I think Penn state may be a bit overvalued. Um, just that Wisconsin win felt a lot bigger when it happened. Now we know Wisconsin's really bad and they couldn't really move the ball on Wisconsin at all that game. Um, they did beat Auburn, uh, but I don't think Auburn's very good, and I think they're being propped up by those two weeks to start the season where they played really bad teams. So that one will be interesting. Um, Boise State plus six at BYU. I like the Broncos in that spot. Um, LSU, Kentucky under 51. I think both these offenses are – like, I think Kentucky will just run the ball a lot and they're not going to be wide open. I don't think LSU's offensive line can do much of anything. Um, so, and Derek, you know. Sting- Derek Stingley's out. Well, that would probably not help me with the under, but eh. still. Uh, okay. I like Kentucky in that. That's what I was thinking. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I got the under 51 there. I, I kind of want, like, I want to play Kentucky there, fight. but I That's just. A- I just don't know. That under fifty that under fifty one is gonna be good. I don't think I think LSU might be mailing it in a little bit after yeah. and uh and art and art you Kentucky has not put up a lot of points of late. Yeah, LSU's offensive line just cannot block anybody now. Um, yeah. But I, I you know, I hope Kentucky wins because it would set up a really interesting game in Athens the next week. Um I don't think it would be interesting on the field, but it'll make Georgia look good if they win another top 10 game. Yeah. Um, Second Oregon, three straight CBS three thirties. Yeah, man. Um, Oregon state minus three and a half at Wazoo. Uh, yeah. I like Oregon state's better than people think um, their offense has been good for a couple of years, but their defense is rounding into form. Um I just don't think Washington State's very good. I think a lot of those players have kind of quit on Rolovich as well over, you know, all his craziness. Um, Stanford plus 12 at Arizona State. I like them in this spot on a Friday night. Uh, We keep, you know, doubting them week by week. You know, they beat the shit out of USC. Uh, They beat Oregon last week, who I think is head and shoulders, the best team in the Pac-12. Arizona State is looking better since that loss against BYU, but uh, I think UCLA, they're kind of – I think this number is because Arizona State beat UCLA last week. I think it would be closer to six or seven if they hadn't. So, 
I like the value there. And then Maryland at Ohio State minus 21, dude, yeah, like uh, that, I just feel like that's going to be a, another massacre for for Maryland. I think baby Tua, um, we kind of started overvaluing him because PFF like named him one of the best quarterbacks in the country and all that before he faced a real defense. So we're going 12-0 and like every week. And uh, we'll see you. See you back here to to pat ourselves on the back. All right, so I'm opposite of you on the Stanford, and I'm opposite of you on one other game in there. Which one was it? Uh, Boise State and BYU. You got um, BYU. I got BYU in that. And interesting, my my yards per play adjusted for opponent has a point nine uh, yards per play prediction for Arizona State over Stanford. So that's a pretty one yard per play almost is a pretty big number. So that. Be interesting to see. Um, that'd be a fun one to to uh, one of us is getting it right. <laughs> yeah, unless it pushes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we uh, we did pretty good. We, we had a lot to get to. We we kept it under an hour. Nice uh, way to uh, go. I appreciate. I, I don't. I mean, Graham is always so generous with his, his compliments at the end of the show about what I do to make this thing happen. But it doesn't get it doesn't happen without Graham. He we had three or four hundred plays. Uh, to go through this week and he gives a lot yeah he he gives a lot of context and he's and it's great and i get something out of every week so uh i appreciate that and i know that uh judging by how much uh, traction we're getting with the with the people on youtube and twitter a lot of us do so kudos to you my friend um and we and you'll be back on sunday at some point with your 12 uh what do you call it your 12 takeaways from from the game so yeah that's just a that's just me talking into the camera, so no exciting stats or anything like that normally, but uh, just a quick little kind of wrap up. And uh, yeah, I'll do that either Saturday night or Sunday morning sometime. I know we've got a lot of people saying that you're sharing this with your friends, and uh, that means a lot to us. Uh, that's a great compliment. We love the interaction we're getting on YouTube, so keep it up. Follow Graham at Dog Out West. I am dog underscore stats on Twitter. We're both on dogsports.com. And please check out Odds Jam. Yeah, uh, we got FTMF hats on sale at dogstats.com. I'm telling you, Florida's going to be here, guys. It's going to be here, all, and you got to have <laughs> you got to have this. It's a rush. Hate Florida early. Exactly. Get it. Get it on your head. Cover your dome with it with the FTMF. Um, you know, and that we love it. And uh, just check it out. And uh, check out Odds Jam. You know, Odds Jam, and they got some stuff. If you like Graham's bets, go get your best line on some of those. Make instant value on, uh, you know, and you're winning money with Graham's picks. Yeah, or fade me and find the best value there either way. All right, talk for a little bit because I got to switch someone to the switcher and then I'll be ready to get out of here. Well, yeah, as you mentioned, go to Odds Jam. Code Dog Sports Live for 30% off the first two months. So oddsjam.com, those guys are great. And uh, we'll see you guys back here next week for what should be a very fascinating film review following the Auburn game. Uh, I hope I get to get ripped by you guys. Go dogs. (laughs) Go dogs.